So I was hanging out at the park, uh, me, little Jay, and Mrs. Jay, and I bumped into an old friend from middle school who was doing well. They just had their first kid, and we're watching our kids play around in the park. So it was a good, like, uh, cyclical thing, watching our kids after having our parents take care of us when we were younger. And um, I bumped into this dude. Uh, He had a kid, a son who was four years old. The kid looked like six, but he was real impatient when uh, little Jay was climbing up the ladder. So he was trying to jump in front of him and cut in front of him. So I bumped into the dad and we're talking. Uh, the dad was telling did you, me- Did you bump into the dad to yell at his kid? Or? No, 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 I get that. Um, it's the same as if I was in the subway and some older person is like dragging their feet, walking up the stairs. Like you get a little anxious and you want to go forward. So I, I got it and he's a kid. So, you know, I understand patience is something you learn when you get older, but the guy came over, he was apologetic and saying, you know, um, I'm sorry. He's just really excited all the time, blah, 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 blah. blah. So I say, it's cool. And then he starts talking to me about his life. And I ask him if Uh it's his only kid. I know. And he's like, nah, um, it's not my only kid. He's four. His other kid is 31. And I was like, wow, that's a huge gap. And he was like, hey, you're telling me. And I was like, same, same. Uh, did he, did he get divorced and marry a younger no, woman? No, no, that's the crazy story. So they had their 31 year old, same wife. And then the way he told it, he woke up one day and she came in the room and was like, I'm pregnant and I want to have this kid. And he was like, all right. So with all the energy you just heard in my voice, uh, it was the same way he delivered it to me. He started talking about how when this kid hits like 19 years old, he'll probably be dead. He mentioned that two times. <laughs> he talked about how he uh, he was a teacher and he had a couple of masters. He wanted to get his doctorate and now he can't because he has this uh, new kid to raise. Um, definitely felt really resentful in his story. And I'm like, damn, dude, I know you for like four minutes and you told me your whole life story. Like I know everything about you now. Um, so I, I was encouraging him. I was like, you know, they're online classes, you know, um, you will probably live older than you think. People are living a lot older now. And he was just like <laughs> not trying to hear it at all. So the conversation ended because, um, as we're talking, I look around, I notice his kid's not there. So I'm like, yo, uh, your son, where is he? And then he just kind of like darted away and I didn't see him, but shout out to that dude, because that is some crazy stuff to have your kid be 31 years old you think you're out of the out of the woods and then you got a brand new kid on the way um at 50 something years old so bless that dude shout out to that dude for also uh reinforcing the importance of birth control yes yes when you're done with these kids wrap it up or snip it like let's uh let's not make these mistakes again people Welcome to Microaggressive. Two friends, two coasts, too much to talk about. BG in San Francisco. It's Jay from BK. Oh, wait, this can't, this might not be for the podcast, but, um, so I tried uh, the skins, <laughs> <laughs> but I went out and I um, I was doing some research on the YouTubes and I uh, <laughs> heard of this, com- this uh, condom called Unique Condoms and they open up like a sliding door. You slide out this card. It's the size of a business business card. It's supposed to be ultra thin. It's not latex. Um, 
it gets rave reviews, but it's expensive. It's like five dollars a condom. But, um, <laughs> it's like that Chris Rock joke. It's like guns should be free, but exactly. it should be like a thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, if I, <laughs> yeah, that would be. A, I don't know. Maybe that's how to have even safer sex. Make the condoms really expensive. Actually, no, that would be the complete opposite. Then people would not use it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll work that one out before I get before I went to market with it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I remember. It, it, I don't know. It was high school. I don't remember when, but we went to that store a couple blocks away from school mm-hmm. when uh, you had to purchase a, uh, a box. And I remember, like, we just could not stop giggling, like, the entire time. I remember and, that like, in my, in my head, I was like, if we're giggling buying a box of condoms, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should not be buying, <laughs> buying right now, though. <laughs> Years later. So maybe we're just childish at heart. Grown-ass men. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember, yeah, that, that coming-of-age story. I think I remember that, and I was in bed and it was the summer, or maybe it wasn't. I don't know which one that was, you know, looking back on my uh, luxurious, <laughs> illustrious history. But, um, yeah, first first time's always always weird. Are they first ever not weird? always weird. So I remember, and I remember being more idealistic as a youth. Idealistic yeah. about sex? Yeah. It, about like your first time. Oh, and, oh you're one of those. Okay. Yeah. I, well, so I was. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I was like a good kid or whatever, but like, you know, all your peoples was doing anything and I'm just kind of like, I, I, I don't want to be like that. I'm, mine's going to be different, this, that, and the third. Mm. And I remember, you know, lo and behold, my first time was, you know, I doubt sh- that person will be listening to this podcast. Mm. It was, it was fine. It was not, it was not like a person I was in love with. It wasn't yeah, like a deep it. relationship. It was like, okay, this is happening. Mm. Um, and I remember not being impressed. <laughs> I remember being like, wait, I waited for this. <laughs> I, 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 I like hyped it up to get to this. Yeah. Um, but I really think it was like, I wasn't, it was very, yeah, we, well, no, we were young and stupid and it was like, okay. Um, but I do remember, uh, (laughs) we were, we were hanging out because that's what you do. Um, and it was like, where are we going to hang out? And then we were hanging out at her like apartment and her like mom's wasn't there or whatever. And I'm like, okay, are we hanging out? Because do I have to go get something? Like, no, we're just going to hang out. And then like, you know, 10 minutes later, it was like, I, I got to run down to the bodega. So I remember uh, she lived in the projects in East Harlem. Mm-hmm. And I remember being <laughs> like, it's like that elevator could not come quick enough. Uh, dude in the bodega. I didn't want to make small talk. <laughs> it was like pointing to the blue <laughs> box right there. Uh, getting back on the elevator. Um, and then I just, yeah, I remember it was like, I remember feeling like this would feel really different if I was really into the person. That's, that's reasonable. That makes sense. 
Yeah. I, um, my first time was with a girl and I didn't know that I had the ability to, <laughs> Oh, I don't even know how to explain this. So, um, ah, damn. How do I say this without coming off as, as God as, all right. So I didn't know I had the power to basically, ah, damn, man. That was like an asshole. <laughs> I didn't know I could pull girls to the extent that I was able to, so I never really did it. But then when I did do it, it worked out really well. And the first uh, girl I was ever really with, uh, you I, do I don't know like how else to say it. Yeah, delete that part. Like <laughs> no. All I'm saying is, I saw this girl, and um, I've seen her all the time for like the last three or four years and it was all just like mild pleasantries nothing nothing more I never really had a major conversation and it was just one day all of a sudden she looked like great to me and i went over and i let her know she looked great to me and like three days later we were planning like meeting up and we met up and uh she was convinced uh that her dad was following us <laughs> which freaks me out because i'm in a neighborhood i don't know and you're telling me your dad you haven't seen in a minute might be like around the corner or at the corner looking at us as we go into your house. And, um, you know, everything happened, but it was a cool experience. Um, I don't regret it. Uh, she was more enthusiastic about it than I was. So I guess uh, for my ego, for ego's sake, I, I did amazing that day. And uh, and I remember that day for a while. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. I don't regret it. It was yeah, an experience, I, just like a lot of other life experiences. I wouldn't say I regretted mine, but I remember doing a lot of thinking afterwards. Mm. I remember, like, I remember feeling like, like, well, <laughs> kind of like, not disappointed, but it was kind of like when you hype something up too much. And I didn't say I even hyped it up. I just was like, hey, mine is going to be different, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, that's it? Really? Like, yeah. I could got this shit over a long time ago. Mm. Um, and I actually remember walking to the train and getting on the train and just, like, staring straight ahead and just thinking, like, yeah. I don't know that I want it to happen. Uh, like I, I just remember being in like a really like mental space after that. Really? Damn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I got a slice of pizza or something, and it went home. <laughs> it wasn't that deep at all. No. So here's what I mean. this is. It's gonna make me sound like an asshole. Um, but here's how I knew like it's more important to actually be into somebody than just you know be able to you know yeah, yeah. get down. So I remember I had a Yankees fitted and uh, when I ran down to the bodega, I left my Yankees fitted in the apartment and I came back and she had my, 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 my Yankees hat on. She was wearing it. That's and I remember my, and I remember my gut reaction was like, take off my hat. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, yo, why is that my react? Like, it was like, if that's my reaction, like yeah. this is not. <laughs> um, yeah, I just remember being like, "Why is she wearing my hat?" Thought <laughs> to put my hat on. <laughs> that uh, post nut clarity is uh, something else. <laughs> that was pre. <laughs> yeah, 
so you know it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> you had pre and post. Yeah, man. Enter, was... I imagine. But damn, yeah. Yeah, we all know I, I think too much. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think at, at the end of the day, you know, consenting adolescents learning and growing and uh, being safe, and that's what matters. Um, Definitely. But yeah, I, I do remember the. Uh, <laughs> it was like such a, a thing around like, even like buying condoms. Just like you felt like, I like now now it can happen. Now it possibly could happen. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like no, shit is just gonna expire, um, and yeah, you know, all those like should you keep in your wallet like. I remember stupid condom myths. I remember people being like, yo, you should put two on. And I'm like, I know. Remember that? No, I definitely no. told a couple of people that before I knew that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully all our listeners know not to do that. But yeah. if not, take notes. Don't take do notes. That. Not good. Do um, not do that. I remember somebody, um, somebody older than me definitely and my family got a card, and in that card, it was a gag uh, gift card, and it was a glow-in-the-dark condom. Uh-huh. I think that was the first condom I had free access to, so I stole it. <laughs> and I had it in my um, wallet for a minute, and it was getting all old, and I was sitting on it, and it was getting hot, and, and like <laughs> frayed edges and everything. And then on top of having like an old, bummy-looking condom, it was glow-in-the-dark. So what girl is going to let me use some, <laughs> some condom with some chemicals in it? It's been sitting in my pocket for the longest time, but I, I swear to God that that would be the very first condom I would use. Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I remember. Uh, I think this was in high school. Yeah. Somehow we got. Um, remember those? It was like a promotional pack of condoms that had um, like a tuxedo. Yeah, on, yeah, on the, yeah. On the wrapper. And yes. someone was like, yo, these are for prom. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. That's not how it works. And then all the flavored condoms. Yeah. And like being like, yeah, this is going to be hot. Strawberry, banana. Yeah. And then you like tuck them out and it's like, it smells like the worst cough syrup in the world. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah. Adolescent, adolescent stories, coming of age. Look at us now. Look at us now. Not changing much. Laughing at condoms. Still doing the same childish shit. <laughs> Not running down to bodega. Now I got Amazon Prime. No. You I know, just reactivated so my, my account to get that, though. <laughs> That's not my, what I was my, talking about. My Amazon recommendations have yeah. definitely, definitely gotten a little weird. Like other people that buy 50 packs of condoms also buy. <laughs> damn, 50? 50? Yo, you, you stock up. <laughs> Dang this this that condoms in the world though. Like <laughs> <Brick> shot, dude. <laughs> I'm saying though, like you get a good price when you buy in bulk. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Hmm. I mean, don't hate on me for being economical. Yeah. And safe. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just gonna last me a month. Nah. <laughs> No, my friend has this. My friend has yeah, this that rule. That's the hardest last. <laughs> <laughs> my friend has this rule that as soon as you buy the mega ultra pack of condoms, you yeah. don't have sex for a minute. 
It's like the universe is like, ah, ha, ha, I see. Yeah, no. <laughs> it may or may not be true. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. So did you watch? Uh, I didn't watch it. You talked about what? Native Son? Oh, yeah. On HBO. So um, Native Son, we read that in high school, didn't we? Yeah. I think I read it. Like I was supposed to read it like twice. I don't know if I did, but. It was, was it? it was Native Son and then Richard, um, he had another one. Black Boy. Black Boy. Black Boy by Richard Wright, yeah. Yeah, yeah so the, you, well, I remember I had to read both of them and I did a long time ago. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a while ago and then I forgot the story and I was watching it. It was it was, it was, was good. I'm not going to hate on it. I actually found that more interesting than uh, True Detective, actually, I think, possibly, when it's all said and done. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare True Detective to a literary classic, but I thought the review I was reading about Native Son was they made it like too stylist, style, stylized or whatever. I don't, I don't feel like they did. I mean, it okay. essentially told the same story. Um, they made the dude like a punk rocker or something, and I, I don't feel that way at all. No, okay. it was a straightforward movie. All right. Hey, man, you got a lot of time to watch TV, damn. Did you watch uh, Us yet? That's the big question. Nah, I was... Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was considering doing it today, but it didn't happen. I will... Uh, I don't even know what to say anymore. I know, I I'm sorry. You're actively, you're actively fighting this shit. Just, just <laughs> let it happen. I, but like, I, I don't know how... When do I, I don't have time to just go to a movie, so I had to like schedule it into my life mm. it'll be on your uh, streaming services your tv cable provider in a couple of weeks months maybe yeah i got a really a really uh cute text message from my mom she was like have fun at coachella i heard solange canceled her show i don't know where my mom is getting her news from but that's really sweet yeah was like, thank you. <laughs> it's kind of weird. No, that's that's nice that she thought about it. I know. She's like, I don't know. She's probably going to work. Like, my baby going to the Coachella. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell it is. But Who are you going to see there? Like, who are you excited to see? Uh, that's this thing. I wasn't, like, mad excited by my by, by a lot of people this year, but Cuddy is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see him. Childish Gambino is one of the headliners. I'm not. Uh, yeah, um, I felt that way about Kid Cudi. I never got into his albums, to be honest. Uh, he didn't Cudi, really do it for me. He's he's really vulnerable. Like he's going through his shit on record, like his depression. Like even thinking of his first album being all those mixtapes back in the day, he was straight up just being like, "I'm depressed. I'm a depressed stoner." Mm. I guess I was excited to see Solange, but that shit ain't happening now. What's his name? Uh, um. I don't even know. There's mad people, but no one I was like extremely like when I went, to see. Yeah, like a few years ago it was like Radiohead and Kendrick. Mm. Um it was supposed to be Beyonce. <clears throat> but she didn't end up doing that year. Um who was the other hell on Ariana Grande? Oh. Um right. how do you feel about her? I was reading in this article about um all these writers that work for her. Um and there's this one, she's like twenty five, she used to be like a child actress, she's this um black woman and she like wrote mad hits so they asked her like well how do you feel about ariana grande when people say she's like culturally using cultural appropriation and stuff she's like no whatever like she uses more black 
writers and producers in the background than a lot of black artists. And I was like, you know, maybe that's true. So no, nah, but it's that that's like that Pat Boone scenario. Like you have all this talent and then you put the marketable face on it, but it's still off the backs of other people. If you want to look at it that way. I mean, yeah, but yeah she's employing she people, get- but they're the ones who are the ones who are saying, yeah, she's doing right by us. The ones who are directly like benefiting and get paid for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I think people still think she's Latino and she's really Italian. I think that's what she needs. To Do you know, up. I had no idea for the longest <laughs> time. Um, and then I was wondering, what's her name? Like a whole marketing thing too. They kept it vague enough that it could go either way. And then uh-huh. like the whole tanning and everything. Like I had no idea for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know she was a Disney actress. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Like she got to be like Italian mixed with Sutton or uh, Sutton. Sutton. Uh, it's like, nah. Yeah, you, nah. yeah. It's amazing what the mind will do. The mind will <laughs> let you go wherever. The mind will. All right, so I'm looking at I'm looking at the Coachella list. Let's see who was my who am I excited to see. I'm just gonna call it out. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reading everybody. I'm just reading the people I'm excited about. Oh, oh, Ella May. She's gonna be there. Uh, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Oh, you know what she just called out? Um, remember Jaquise? Jaquise, excuse me, from uh, Cash Money. He was R and B singer. He looked just like Little Wayne. Mm-hmm. He um did a cover of one of her songs, and it started taking off. And then she just uh came out and threw some shots at him, talking about how he's only built his career off of uh, doing covers of other people's songs, and now they're having this back and forth thing going on. Honestly, wow. Ella May is uh she's like bland. I mean, she see. good songs for the vibe that she's going for, which is like this whole 90s thing, I feel like. But the songs are kind of blah, and they don't really show her off. I don't think she she can go beyond the basicness of some of the songs that come out. All right. Well, I, that's why I, sometimes I like seeing people live, because I'm like, all right, impress me with your, with your stage presence. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, so her, I'll put her on the list. Let's see. I'll put her on the possibly go see. Um, who else is this? Um Janelle Monae, she's she she puts on an interesting show. Yeah, I think she would have a good show. Yeah, uh, uh, this is like uh, I don't even know, like kind of like dance producer. His name is Ross from Friends. Is weird, but I like him. Uh, is it Ross from Friends? No, it's not. It's a dude, but his <laughs> his like DJ name is Ross from Friends. Which wow. uh, Playboy Cardi. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm going down this list too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Quick. Oh, Anderson Park, of course. Anderson yeah, Park, I want to see. Khaled, I don't know. I feel like I should support, but he, I don't know. His stuff's not for me. His stuff is for like 15 years younger than me. I'm getting pretty far in this list and I see like maybe two people. That's what I'm feeling, B. Jaden Smith. <laughs> um Honestly, it's just like you go, you have a good time, you just like get some drinks, get some food. You go to like, actually was really fun is just go to like the rave tent. Yeah. It's just like dance music the whole time. You just go have a good time, come back out, eat, drink, uh, maybe go see a show. Uh, this is dude, Rye X. I like him. There's um, um Little Sims. She's nice, UK. Uh, oh, your boy, your twin, excuse me, Idris Elba. I, I, I was going to wait to do that last, but... <laughs> My you know, bad. What's going to happen? Y'all are going to meet each other and, and the world's going to collapse? Oh, the black hole. So there's a black hole now. I mean, there's been black holes, obviously, but I'm saying. now we have pictures. That's yo, when me, when me and Idris are in the same spot within 50 feet of each other, <laughs> yo, B, 
between, I don't know if it's a black hole or a lot of white women going to be running. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, this is DJ Code, Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Actually, I like him. Um, oh, her? Is she worth listening to? Um, I like the vibe that she's on, but she hasn't done anything that really, really has perked up my ears yet. Virgil mm-hmm. Abloh, isn't that the dude, the designer dude? Was yeah. Pusha T. Performing? Which, I, don't, I don't know. Huh. I'll, I guess I'll go see Pusha T to support. Nah, you should definitely see Pusha T. Shout out to Pusha T. Um, uh, Diplo. I was a fan of Diplo way back in the day. Uh, this will go into Mixtech this week. Diplo put out an album called Florida back in like 2003. And this was back when Diplo was like a hip hop like producer. And it was like kind of like DJ Shadow-ish, like I'm not going to call it, it's not, didn't hit Dilla vibe, but it was just kind of like instrumentals. And, um, and then your man just started cultural appropriation all over the world, but <laughs> shout out to him. What was that group he was in? Um, Major uh, Lazer. Major, Major Lazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then MIA and uh, this whole Brazilian joint. Oh, Aphex Twin. I remember. I yeah, it's like yeah. back in the day weird um yeah man it's not I, oh what's his name kate kate trinanda uh he's good for a couple of couple of things yeah yeah, yeah i mean i'm not yeah i'm not <laughs> be uh, i'm not gonna run across the whole concert venue to go see him but if i'm next to it um rufus do sol i've heard that churches i've heard them uh so yeah, this chick Maggie Rogers, uh, this woman Maggie Rogers, she's supposed to be like Pharrell co-signed her. She oh, like, that girl, she was in the video. I think so. Singer songwriter, like goes to NYU or something. Yeah. I feel like I should just like check her out live to see if it's worth it. Uh, I feel like I'm a hater. Like this is the third person I, I feel like I've hated on this podcast. But I, I saw that video and I heard the song. That song didn't do it for me. And then I saw a video of her. She's walking through a forest. So she's walking towards the camera. And that song was okay too, but um, again, nothing that's like really making me pick my head up and wanting to shazam it and own yeah. it and have a piece of it. Yeah, uh, uh, you know who I will not be saying Gucci Gang. Mm. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> this is how you know you've uh, aged out of uh, of uh, going to festivals. But whatever, this bass actor I like him. Oh, Deep Dish back in the day, British Deep House. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, man. This is uh, oh Lizzo. I'll go to support Lizzo. I feel like the uh, Dreamville one was a lot better. I mean, I, I mean, didn't go to either, but oh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying the lineup, the lineup. Yeah, Co- Coachella is really gonna try to appeal to the Instagram, the Snapchat yeah, crowd. Yeah. Um, but every now and then they have good people. But yeah, this year is. I'm just gonna probably go see a few people. Uh, go hang out in the dance tent, relax, go enjoy the, the good weather in the desert. And then, damn yeah, man, just in, take it as like a vacation as opposed to like, I got to go see a million bands. Okay. Actually, I didn't even see Cuddy on the list. Did he cancel too? Yes, I saw Cuddy on there. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, man. Uh, Kanye doing the Sunday service? Yes, I I heard some shit about it. he's supposed to be doing it on the like the last so Coachella's over two weekends. He's gonna do it the last day of the last weekend, so I'm not gonna be there for that. Mm. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. 
I don't I don't know that I would want to. Oh, Fortet's gonna be there. I love Fortet. Never. Um, he's like glitchy electronica. Um, think of like Flying Lotus. Oh, okay, okay. Um, oh, FKJ. I remember some stuff from that. Uh, yeah, there's like there's like people I'm not like super excited about, but it's like people I'm like, oh, I heard like two of your songs. Let me go see what you like live. Uh, oh, and of course, yeah, Idris, 9 p.m. on Saturday. Right. Oh, you got a long ass set, dude. You got a two hour set. Oh, well, he does that. like uh, club music, right? Like, yeah, I mean, just yeah, all types of you know, this is how it's just how we do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, man. So, getting out of town, enjoy that shit. Wait, when are you going to New York? Are you here? Now? Um, no. Uh. <laughs> uh, May 18th uh, is the Brooklyn half. That's right. That's right. Do you remember we went to the um, running expo and it was mm-hmm. the company that had the um, the lights <laughs> the lights on the jackets. Remember that? We went to the expo uh-huh. and there was the guy that had the lights on the jackets and the lady and... <laughs> You just randomly happened to know exactly who this lady was. No, and she would, knew exactly who I she was. She knew who you were. And we were thinking, like, are you the only black dude in San Francisco? Like, everybody knows this one dude, Brandon, walking around. It was so random that when she told that story, or you told that story. And what a small world for y'all to just bump into each other like that and know the exact same person. Crazy. <laughs> that was the whole story. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Like, have you ever, like, bumped into a random person um, that you did not expect to meet who either knew you through somebody else or just somebody you just not ex- didn't expect to meet in a random place. I met this guy back when I was seven or eight years old. He used to work with my mom in uh, middle school. I think he was the principal or assistant principal. Fast forward maybe 10 years later, I bumped into this dude in the Sistine Chapel in <laughs> Italy and I'm walking past and it's fucking humble brag when I was, you know, no, no, no. In chapel. it was, it was for school. It was through school. But, um, we went there and I see this random dude with a little, uh, curly Afro kind of Afro was a white dude. And I'm just looking at him. like, I, I know this guy. I don't know where I know him from. And he's looking at me. And then we realize that we used to know each other. We used to hang out when I used to go to my mom's uh, school way back when, um, just random instances like that. Have you had anything like that before? All the time, B. Every time I go back to New York, like I run into somebody. It's a city of eight million people. Mm. And you know I don't tell a lot of people I'm going back and I just like run into people or um I don't see anybody. I rarely bump into people from uh our past. Especially when I go to Brooklyn Heights too. I would imagine that would happen a lot, but it never does. Yeah. Uh yeah, shit happens all the time, man. I also think like I don't know, like for a minute I have like a mohawk and I have a big ass beard, you know what I mean? It's just like I'm gonna stick out. Yeah, and I do live in San Francisco. There's like four black people, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, high school love, man. High school love. I don't. I was never in love in high school. I was never. Was I? Nah. Who Who was your first? Who was your first crush? <clears throat> My first crush was. Oh wait. Are we saying saying or we're just I mean I mean you you don't don't my first crush was the white girl was the white girl that 
wanted to be the black girl or the Dominican girl <laughs> back in school. So I think what it was was um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't specifically talking about high school. I was just saying whatever. Oh, my first crush. Your first crush forever. I mean, you could talk about your first high school crush, but what was your first your first time where you felt feelings for for somebody? So my first crush was um this girl, her name was Ebony. And okay. I thought I'm she not, was I'm not I'm not bleeping her name out. So nah, I'm glad she I'm glad she has a very name. unique name. Who this person is. <laughs> so um what happened? There was these weekly readers. I feel like I told the story before. There were these weekly readers and it had to be February because there was one and in the back there was a Valentine's blank note. And it was like know, what's, oh, a, what's a weekly reader? Weekly readers uh, were these little newspapers um, that they gave out to schools. And it was like little tiny workbooks that you would get. Basically, so was, it like, was it like the Scholastic uh, book Kind of, kind of, yeah, okay. yeah. So um, <clears throat> I decided that day that I was going to write to this girl and tell her I liked her. And I did. And I sent her the letter. And... It took off like wildfire. Like as soon as I told her, she showed it to her <laughs> friends and then her friends showed it to their friends. And then the guys ended up finding out and by lunchtime and I, I shit you not the entire school. So basically our, our playground was a parking lot. There were no swings. There were like two <laughs> basketball carts in the far, far corner. There was a big uh, pit. Uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. There was a pit where um the cement, excuse me, the tar had kind of like caved in on itself. So they put a little bit of uh, yellow tape around it. We weren't supposed to play around there. But it was basically a big parking lot. And um, that day we went to lunch and the entire population of this uh, playground surrounded us. And they're like, oh, um, this is going to be a wedding ceremony. Uh, you guys are going to get married. Uh, some bullshit like that. So basically no. they're pressuring us to get married. And I'm standing what there. Of, what type of heteronormative, monogamous, normative bullshit is this? I think it's that Disney bullshit. Like people want to see a happy ending. And I guess I was popular. She was popular. So they wanted it to happen. So I'm standing across from her and she's like, oh, you know, um, you don't have to do this. I think, but she didn't say it in that way because it was so long ago. Um, she old, said it in a way. How old are you again? What grade is this? This had to be like, it was before 10. It was before 10. I know that. And it was weird because if we were nine or eight, our school went up to age 14, I believe. So maybe up until like the 12 or 13 year olds were surrounding us. And then she was like, oh, you don't really have to do this if you don't want to. And I realized like I was being pressured into a shotgun marriage <laughs> with this girl <laughs> that I just decided I liked like a week ago. So I told her now, nah, like I didn't want to do it. And um, then we had our divorce, which was just us walking away to opposite sides of the uh, playground. <laughs> And we were cool afterwards, but um, that was my first taste of puppy love, I guess. Was that a was that a divorce or an annulment? Um, that was a divorce, right? Okay. I mean, that, I didn't have anything. Yeah. <laughs> so you here's some bubble gum. <laughs> what about you? My first crush. Also, I learned a very similar lesson to you: never to trust people. Mm. Um, I was. Lesson powerful lesson yeah it was in kindergarten mm -hmm. and there was this woman uh girl she the girl <laughs> uh i forget her name now um but i remember she had on her right hand two fingers stuck together mm -hmm. 
so like her middle finger and pointer finger or ring finger and middle finger and they were like stuck together like and i remember we were on this like little star you know, track sorry <laughs> We're on this like little school van, whatever that was like dropping us off, and um, I think she was in my class, my kindergarten class. And I was like trying to make a conversation with her, and I was like, I was like asking her about her, her fingers. I was like, "Oh, your fingers are." That's what she decided to focus on. Be quiet. Be- <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. Yeah, my my game was tight. Um, no, I, I was unlike you. I like to get to know people. Nah, that was uh, negging. That was the the first instance of negging. Yeah, I think you were. That negging. was not negging. <laughs> that was me. That was me like trying to understand. I was like, okay. yo, I, I think I asked her about her her finger. She's like, oh yeah, they're they're together. I was born that way. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking. I don't know if she said that first, but I remember at one point asking if she had glued them together. <laughs> <laughs> This is the mind of a four-year-old. Yeah, uh, you know? yeah. I mean, it's very logical. I was a very logical child. Mm-hmm. Um, and no. So and I remember being in the back of the bus and these fourth graders, mm-hmm. they were like, who do you like? Who do you have a crush on? And I was like, and I told them. Mm-hmm. And of course, as soon as I told them, turn around and like, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember being like, Huh, lesson learned. Do not trust people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was that was kindergarten crush. And then I had a few I remember when I, I changed schools, I went to a different school and there was this girl. I remember her name. I don't want to say her name because it's so unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like this African name and like I still remember it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um because it like you know how sometimes African names just like sound that melodic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remember like I had a big crush on her. Um, I don't think I ever really talked to her. Um, and then changed schools again for third and fourth grade, and uh, two two very important crushes for the rest of my life. Um, one was this woman. Uh, I'm not gonna say her name either. Um, redheaded Puerto Rican. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, you used to talk about yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's just like what? Mm. Um, and then uh, my biggest crush is this woman. Uh, uh, I talked about it to you, who like for years haunted me. Like, like we were like it was me, her, and my boy. We were the three smartest kids in class, so we were always like, you know, honor roll and the and third, and always doing this stuff. And I just like had this huge crush on her, and I remember she had this. Big ass forehead, like <laughs> big ass forehead. Where the brains be, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I was a little, I was a little chubby and husky, so I think her pet name for me was Fat Boy or something. God damn, um, yeah. I know. I was like people blunt. Um, and I forget what I called her or something. Um, but you know, I don't think she ever. It was unrequited the crush, but yeah, it was like that was like my first like deep, deep, deep crush. Um, third and fourth grade, and then like. You know, in life, you just kind of like interact with each other and like, you know, you come back in Joe's orbits and mm-hmm. it was always like, oh, what's up? How are you? Like, I don't know. It was just always this like extra, like you were like this woman I had a crush on like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, fast forward back when I was on Facebook, I saw that she married a dude whose first name is my name. Ah. Or, oh, oh no, no, no. Has the same last name as me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
So now her name, <laughs> I think she kept her maiden name, but like, it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, you gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I bumped into um the girl I was telling you about. I bumped into her. I was hanging out with a friend of mine who I've known since first to second grade. And we walked past this uh, stoop and I see her and I don't think anything of it. I'm just like, oh, that girl's cute. And um, we keep walking and my friend, he's like, oh, you remember um, so-and-so that that's, that was her. And I'm like, nah, it couldn't be her. And I went back around the block and I saw her again. I was like, damn, this girl is looking like good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, for a split second, I was like, I'm going to go back and I'm going to hit her with the line. Like, oh, let's, it's like, uh, no, nah, I'm not even going to say it <laughs> to even say it would be corny, but I thought I was going to hit her with a line. And, um, I just decided not to do it. How old are you at this point? Somewhere between 14 and 18 years old. I think. All right. So this was this was high school. So this was high school. Jay trying to be uh, <laughs> trying to pick up. <laughs> yeah, it was. Wow. It was hadn't quite figured that out yet, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that. Yeah. All the all the lessons that we learned made us who we are. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I'm uh. I'm looking at these pictures of the uh, black hole. That's that's so crazy. I mean, I know like again that they existed, but to see the picture of it and to know there's just this thing that's just a freaking black hole in space. Like it's what does it connect to? What does it attach to? Could wormholes be true? It just it's uh gets your mind racing. Yeah, maybe. It's too it's like it's so abstract. It's like if I think too much about it, like, why do I care about anything else? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, how come this isn't on the news everywhere? Like, <laughs> meanwhile, TMZ is still airing the same bullshit and all this crap. Like, local news is still stupid. Um, and there's a fucking black hole in space right now. It's crazy. Have you ever been uh, interviewed on local news? Have you ever been the man on the street? Uh, <laughs> so back when I was, um, how old was I? Uh, this was in middle school too. So I had to be maybe 11 or 12. Um, Man, you, you really peaked in middle school. <laughs> nah, I, I did some TV stuff in um high school too, actually. But back when I was 11 or 12, um, they had take your uh, daughters to work day. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. Whatever, you know, people should go and go see their parents and see how they work. But I kind of still have to be at school while, while you're... <laughs> out of school so i had take your sons to work day and i started this initiative and i had some friends who helped me out with it and i don't think we did much and somehow um fox news decided to come to the school and interview us to ask us why we decided to um do this whole thing <laughs> so i put a positive spin on it like oh it's important for you know for young males to see their moms working their dads working blah 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 and i thought i said some real ill shit and they were like oh it's gonna come on later today so check on the news and you'll see it so I tell mad people, I tell my mom, I tell my family, and I'm watching the news. And it gets to like the sports, and I'm like, where's my shit? You know, where is it? Um, they never aired it. So I must have, I don't know, it was fluff news, essentially. But I knew a girl whose dad worked at um, the news station, Fox News, and she said that she was going to ask him to find a copy of the video so I could have it. And that dude just ghosted me. Um, like I saw him one day and this grown ass dude is like, Oh no, I got you. Like, it's important that you see this. And then I never saw him again. So I've never seen that video. It's probably somewhere. Um, the guy who interviewed us, I think his name was O'Neill, if that rings a bell. 
Um, he did a lot of like uh, these sort of simple, small new Life reports. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. But um, in high school, I was on a TV show. Um, I'm not going to name the name, but it was a show that was filmed in Manhattan and they paid us in $20 savings bonds. So at the time, <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, I'm balling. I'm doing mad shows. <laughs> I have all this money. Fast forward however many years we are into the future and I still <laughs> cannot cash out these freaking things, Joe. It's so bad. <laughs> I'm like, damn, they jipped me. Like, I was on a lot of episodes. They used a lot of my time. <laughs> they basically paid me like $5 at the time to be on the show. Hey, hey, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a small learning moment. We, we don't we don't use the word jip. We don't use the word. Oh jip. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't say shit. Yeah. Shout, shout out to our gypsy listeners. We apologize. <laughs> uh, Twenty dollars savings bonds. That feels illegal. That feels like they were trying not to pay taxes. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, uh, why did you accept that? <laughs> It was you, don't have to pay, you don't have to pay mad taxes like in like 20 years on $20 savings bond. Yeah. And with fucking inflation be? Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. It was a slap in the face. I didn't know at the time. And um, yeah, they, they basically bought you a cheeseburger. <laughs> they bought you a cheeseburger 30 years in the future. Yeah. We had to watch movies and review them, but we had to pay for our tickets and shit. Was, uh, <laughs> and this was like, if I, if I named the network or at least who they were affiliated with, you'd be like, oh, I would have expected differently now. Nah. Uh, behind the scenes TV is his <laughs> exploitation. Yeah. Uh, well, not like the podcast game. Mm. That's where all the money is. Yeah. So today's sponsors would be condoms. And <laughs> who else are we talking about? Facebook for stalking, I guess. No, no, no one, no one stalks on Facebook. That's not what it's there for. Do you hear that thing? Facebook, they're trying to like create a, a artificial intelligence algorithm so that it stops reminding you when someone died, had a birthday. Wait, say that again. So if you have like a Facebook friend or family member or whatever, who's passed away, but their Facebook account is still active, Facebook is like, it's so-and-so's birthday. And people are like, hey, yo, <laughs> they're dead. Um, but like, I mean, it's not Facebook's fault. They don't know. Yeah, but um, does this, uh, I mean, it doesn't sound like amazingly new technology. I feel like it's just deleting. Well, posts. well, they can't just delete. So apparently in your Facebook setting, you can say like, when I, if I die and they get confirmation and you die, that you can, that they'll delete your account. Or they could create like a memorial account, which is just like people can like leave like I was like lighting a candle in the in the hood, right? Um, uh, crazy that you're planning out your life with Facebook and determining how your life after uh, death will be according to Facebook. That's weird. That's weird. No, I mean like think about it. How much of your life is online these days? It's like if you write in a will, you got to think about like what are you leaving your followers like, to people? Uh, like I don't get it. <laughs> I give these five followers to Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, they are huge influencers. Um, no, but like, I think we talked about it once. Like, what? I'm going to have to give you my password oh, <laughs> to yeah, log yeah. into everything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not giving it to you now. Um, yeah, I want to be dead before <laughs> before somebody sees anyone, all that stuff. Yeah, someone's going to get internet history. It's like, what? <laughs> Clear the cookies first. Clear the cookies. <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> I always had an idea for a um, 
a novel that I think would be a funny intro where a guy is sitting down to watch porn on TV and all of a sudden he has a stroke or a heart attack. <laughs> and I don't know where to go from there, but I feel like that's a good setup for whatever it could be. So I think what would happen is he's sitting down to watch said movie. He has a stroke and he dies and he falls over on the remote on the volume button. Mm-hmm. So it just gets louder. Mm. So everybody that like walks by outside just hears the sounds of that movie on repeat, <laughs> mad loud. <laughs> and then, you know, the neighbors get mad. They like knock on the door. I'm going way too deep in this. This is coming way too nah, easy. Keep going, keep going, go. <laughs> and the neighbors knock on the door and eventually they call the landlord. The landlord calls the cops and the, finally the cops break in and they realize the dude is dead. Mm. And then your movie starts or your, your novel starts. Gotcha. You ever seen a dead body? <laughs> no, it's funny because it's telling me the story. I'm thinking like, oh, I remember like a real life situation where that happened. And I mean, I, I've, I have not seen up close. Hmm. No, I mean like at a funeral. I don't even know if I've actually... I haven't been to many funerals in my life. Me neither. Not till recently. And I guess that's the way with everybody, um, the older they get. But um, I did, I was around two recently and it's a weird experience um, to see somebody you knew looking like waxy and just there, not moving. doesn't seem real at the time. Also, when you're watching a uh, funeral body. Yeah. Put it on record. Just, just cremate me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, like, like, why take uh, up space? Like, I don't know. Why well, take up space is like, come on, people want to see my face, just like Google Idris Elba. I mean, it's. I mean, uh, <laughs> is it wrong yeah. that I think that um, you could save a lot of space in cemeteries if you just stood the coffins up? People they say do sometimes. People say, oh, I, you mean like put them put them vertically instead of horizontal? Yeah, people are like, nah, they need to be resting. I'm like, they're dead, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. People like get really, really weird. Dick, like your final act on this this plan is to be a dick and like take up space somebody else could be using. For yeah, stuff. it was good enough. Good enough for the royal Egyptians. Well, you better than King Tut. Uh, man, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah cremate uh, people and put them in yeah. fertilizer. Uh, put them in plants. No, I think I I think I want my donate my body to science really? so some medical students can like have at it. Hmm. Um, would you really? Then, uh, would you really? Yeah, why not? Hmm. What do I have to do with it? Like, <laughs> what if it's like, um, I don't know, like GI surgery or something, and they're doing, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm paying it forward, B. It's like, yo, like they gotta learn on something. Like, what, what the hell? What, what am I doing? I am, as I've learned through meditation, hmm. I am not my body. I am just experiencing it. Yeah, but you like through it ass up on a table getting an endoscopy done or for practice like it's i'm dead <laughs> <laughs> you're right yeah I'm, I'm overthinking that yeah you're dead what are you gonna do yeah i mean it's weird that that's that's your hang up but you're like yo we should stand up coffins <laughs> i'm saying like yeah it's like i don't know i was really big i'm really big into like recycling like what the hell like you can use this yeah so yeah I agree. give my organs the good ones away um and then, yeah, use me for science and then cremate me, whatever. 
I think I'd be baking into some food or something consumable. <laughs> I think that'd be cool. You want people to eat you? Yeah, I feel like it could it could make money. Like put it in a cup cookie and then market it. Is that illegal? Can you not eat the yeah. ashes of a uh, yes? A person? Highly, highly. I think it's highly legal. Even if they're burnt, like you're not gonna get anything from it. <laughs> Got to look into that. Oh yeah, you do that. There you was do an that. artist who um who basically took his uh his shit and he put it in these cans and he sealed up the cans and they I think he put a price on them he was trying to equate them to gold but it was an art experiment but it's still him shitting into these little tuna fish cans I forget his name um maybe that's how I want to go I so <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start on that <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think I just want death is uh, it's going to sound weird. Like I'm not afraid of death, man. I don't think I mean, what are you going to do? It's like it happens to everybody. You can't beat it. So, what are you going to do? I think that's what eliminates the fear of it from me. Hopefully it's in a a peaceful way. But if it happens, you, it happens. What are you going to do? Even if it's not, it's like, I think I'd love to get enough life that like, if it stopped, I'm not going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me like, give me like one more week. I'm like, all right, no, I'm good. Mm. Like, and I think trying to remember that is, you know, don't push it off. Say what's on your mind. Tell people what you want to say. Like, um, you know, you're going to be sitting down to watch a movie and catch a stroke. Right. Mm. And then, um, <laughs> Then someone's gonna write a, a novel about you, but um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's like I, I think, and maybe I can think about it too intellectually because I haven't experienced a lot of death in my life. But um, if we just thought about death as part of life, we wouldn't be so scared of it, you know. And like, it's like people that put off shit. And it's like, yo, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that. It's like, don't why why wait? <laughs> it's like seriously, why wait? It's like this false sense of uh, of control when it's just like, yo, this shit could just be done, right? So be a good person, do what you need to do, say what you need to say. And if that shit come, like, all right. <laughs> I was going to say, now that we're talking about this sort of stuff, did you hear the story? It's kind of sad. Um, the couple who went to DR for the trip, did you hear about that? No. Nah. So a couple from um, New York, actually, they went to DR for a trip and they were hanging out and apparently they were trying to make a 2 a.m. flight. I think it might have been a discount. And they decided to make this crazy long trip. And I spoke to my friends from DR and they were saying that trip was insane, even for like local people. And they drove in a rental car. They were headed to the airport. And then two weeks later, they weren't found. They never made it to their destination. So they're doing this whole search for the uh, car. They can't find it. People are saying, oh, maybe they got hijacked on the road. Um, again, nobody knows what's going on. They find out that the couple had an accident. The car is somewhere in the ocean along with the guy. The uh, guy's body washed up a little while ago. But the lady, she was unconscious, I think, when they found her. And they had her in an ICU for two weeks. And she was there for two weeks and nobody essentially knew who she was and then when the story came out they sort of put two and two together and they figured out it was her but um 
crazy story, I thought. And then the whole time, uh, her, she was a nervous lady, it seems like, and she was always worried and she was always anxious. So she was very anxious about even making this trip to the airport on that night. That happened, which is insane. Talk about life being short and not expecting, uh, not knowing what's going to happen next. Yeah, it's not like life has like a, it's not like a basketball game where like the clock is running down and you know, you know how much time is left. That's true. It's like, it's just, it's, yeah. So, I think that was the, the hardest part about, um, about what? I don't know how to say it. <clears throat> like the hardest part about, um, figuring out like, where I wanted to be like geographically, like being out here or um, with like partners is like, should, should you like settle down, get married is this and third. And yeah, there's this one party that's like, life is short, just do stuff. And there's another part of you is like, life is short. Don't just do stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. don't just be like, Oh, okay. Well, actually, yes, I should get married now. Oh, I guess I should do this job or whatever. And I think that was the hardest part when I moved out here. It was like, it was the life is short. Like, try that thing you want to try, mm-hmm. and not say like, "Yo, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get there one day." Mm. Um, or you know, flip it on the other way where it's like, you're in a relationship for a minute, and it's just like, "Well, I guess, I guess marriage is next." And yeah, it's like, yeah. "Nah, life is short." <laughs> it's like, if that's not, if that's not like the the ticket, don't, don't, don't take that train. Yeah. Hey, um, what were the reasons that made you choose to go out to San Francisco geographically? Funny enough, uh, death um, is one of the big reasons. So um, I never experienced, uh, I've never had to grieve. I actually think about it as one of the only emotions I feel like I haven't had to go through. So by the time I do go through it, I don't even know how I'm going to deal with it, but the closest I came to grief was um, a friend, actually somebody you know too, um, and his mom passed away. And and I remember it weirdly affecting me more than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this dude, you know, his, his family was always nice to me. His mom was always real nice to me. And, you know, she was sick for a little bit. And, you know, I don't want to get into other people's business, but, you know, she was sick for a little bit. So, you know, it was not looking great. And then I had just gotten back from a trip and um, it was, I got back all like all my birthday and um, the day after, um, he's the type of dude that like always calls on your birthday, just wish you a happy birthday. So he called me and I thought he was just going to wish me a happy birthday, but he he told me that his mom passed away. Mm. Um, And I just remember like, yeah, I'm so sorry, dude. And, um, he still wished me happy birthday, and um, and I remember the next week going down to the um, services, and you know he's like on the receiving line with his family, and you know this dude, this good dude, you know, fortunate, you know, comes from some some wealth, and um, but I just remember looking at him and just being like, man, this dude can have anything he wants in the world, but he can't have his mm. the mother right now, yeah. and you know. You know somebody for that long, like you, you know, like a lot of them, a lot about them, and I just like saw him in this like vulnerable like space that I had never seen him before, and it just like hit me, and um, 
And I just remember thinking at this point, it was just like, yo, like life is really short, man. Like, even if you think you can have anything or whatever, you got everything set up and you got a plan. And I was like, yo, I've been thinking about the West Coast. Like, I wasn't feeling being up in Boston much longer and I wasn't feeling going back to New York. And I was like, yo, why don't I just try it? Um, and if it sucks, I'll come back. And um, it's funny because like people ask me like how I ended up out here, and like I actually don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those things where like you just make a decision, and then that that's your decision. Um, you know, all the analysis and shit, you just go with your gut. But I would say the closest thing has been was that experience of grieving for my friend's mom, and just having that moment of like, what are you waiting for? Right, it's like. Yeah. Um, that and I heard there was a gold out here. So, um, but yeah, man, shout out to uh, shout out to that friend. Uh, we have a still have a little tradition. He wishes me a happy birthday every year, and I give him my condolences. So, yeah, life, man. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, man? What makes you what makes you stay in New York? I uh, I love it. I feel like I've been spoiled in the sense that I do believe that New York just has something different that I've never had uh, experienced anywhere else, and um, everything else sort of pales in comparison. I haven't gone to many places. I've traveled a lot of places. I haven't lived in a lot of places, but um, yeah, it's just nothing compares. I don't know how else to say it. What compares to New York? Is anything that, I mean, I guess you could say San Francisco. Can you say that? Do you think San Francisco compares to New York? No. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. My point is proven. But I think it's, I think not everything has to be New York. Um, I get that. I get that. But. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I get it too. I mean, there's, there's things that New York has that I will just always love and. There's things about New York that when you leave it, though, you're like, oh, maybe I didn't need some of that. You know what I mean? I mean, you need a lot of shit. Like, we could live in boxes if we needed to, but sometimes that extra little bit is like, oh, yeah. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, the stress. I'm talking about the weather. I'm I'm talking about, like, like, it's it's a weird natural experiment to have a city of 8 million people in the tight, in tight confines. Like it's a, it's, it's in like, I grew up there. It's like you, you know, like that's my normal. And then you go to other places and you're like, wait, you actually could say hi to your neighbors. This is like normal in a lot of places, but in big cities, sometimes that's not normal. Like you live in an apartment building next to people for like decades. You don't know shit about them. Yeah. I, every time I go back and like to see like, friends and like you know like you've got like your family growing and it's just like oh yeah that'd be it'd be much different if i could just like see my people more often or you know be part of people's lives in a different way so i definitely miss that um but yeah you know like I, i'm also like like i don't want to have to hustle in new york the way new york is always hustling you know what i mean and it's like okay you got to make a certain amount of money to have a certain type of lifestyle in new york and like maybe i could do that now but don't you need um, that in san francisco too yeah, you definitely do, but I fig I have figured out a way to do it here, and I don't. I guess I could figure out a way to do it in New York. I just it's like it's it's abstract. Got it. You know, so but yeah, little shit, man. Like 
y'all have like shitty winters i don't have to deal with shitty winters anymore sometimes those winters help you appreciate the summers and the springs <laughs> all right poet over here um yeah i don't know would you ever even temporarily go someplace else well, I was considering moving to California at one point for some job opportunities for us. And uh, we got there and it just felt awkward. It felt weird. We were going to be somewhere near um, Los Angeles. And um, yeah, it just, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, LA, is, LA sucks. So <laughs> Yeah, so maybe that was it. Maybe it was the wrong spot. And then um, I lived in Boston. And Boston just felt too small. Again, it's probably comparing it to... Um, to New York. It just felt like I had outgrown it in the time that I was there and I was ready to leave. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, was there a theme to, uh, to, to, to today's podcast? Um, we were talking about like finite life things decisions. and we were talking about the black hole was like the absence of stuff. And then death is the absence and rebirth and, and renewal, first love wormholes and, all sorts of shit. Crushes. Wormholes and shit. Death. There's your podcast title. <laughs> Wormholes and shit. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, music for the week. Uh, best of Coachella. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, what I was thinking about, I was listening the other day, it came up on Shuffle. I, You know how like every album Drake has like one or two songs that just make you not hate him? And I realized a lot of those songs, he always, for the past few albums, he always has like one song that I feel like my mom or my dad could get into. It's kind of like that like song for the aunties and uncles. Like this past one was Passion Fruit. Um, the last one it was um, uh, We're Going Home, whatever. I feel like Drake always has those like semi-soft, like crossover, like R&B type joints. Mm, I can't put like, uh, like a whole trick playlist. Is that, are you talking about a... An entirely Drake playlist. Because I'm convinced now. I think he's a plant, yeah. I think from who? I don't know. The aliens. Silence. (laughs) 